Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway opens up our new series, Squad Up, talking about how we can all be a part of God's family. Dallas talks about how we all have a desire for community, a healthy, strong, caring community. We look at Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 28, and how we are all a part of God's family. Dallas encourages us to lean into this by encouraging each other, living in unity, and reminding each other of what's true. We hope you enjoy this message. So guys, we are starting a new series, and there's always like a fun little jingle. I forgot to talk about this in first service, but historically, with the jingle comes some sort of dance, like week two, okay? There's some sort of like, you guys are swaying, or you're clapping, or something, okay? So maybe think about that for next week. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, maybe some air guitar is necessary. I don't know, or some drums or whatever. But we are in a new series called Squad Up, right? Have you guys ever seen, maybe seen a picture online or you've referred to your friends as a squad, right? People often post a picture of their friends, their amigos, and then they hashtag it squad. That is kind of what this uh, series is about. It is about the people around us. It is about community. And we, each year, you can like, you can predict it, right? You could, you could uh, put a bet on it that we, We, at the beginning of the year in September, are going to be talking about community, that we're going to be talking about our friendships, relationships, because we are starting small groups, right? So it kind of makes makes sense why we would do that. And when we talk about the squad, uh, we are talking about not just like who are the people that you want to hang out with above all else, but we are talking about the people who are, are there for you when maybe nobody else is, or they are there for you when times get really hard, really tough, and other people are like, no, that's too crazy. That's too messy for me, and they they step back. We're talking about the people who who stick with you, uh, but even more than that, deeper than that, we're talking about the people who, in the midst of those hard times and the good times, they're gonna they're pointing you to Jesus. They're reminding you of what's true. They're encouraging you to grow in your relationship and your walk with God. So we're talking about like godly, biblical, solid, healthy community. And while that's something that all of us have a need, a desire for. It's something that all of us probably would say, yes, I, I think I want that. It's, it's a lot more difficult actually lived out, right? So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that and maybe talking about how we can step into that, maybe take baby steps. Maybe some of you will take big steps towards community that looks like godly, healthy community. Um, and we're going to start by looking in Ephesians chapter 1. If you want to turn there in your Bibles or scroll there in your digital Bibles or just wait for it to come up on the big screen, right? But as you guys are going there, looking, starting to think about Ephesians chapter 1, I want to ask you to think in your mind for a second about a famous squad that you want to be a part of, or a famous like group of people. And it could be a real-life squad that you want to be a part of, a real-life group, or it could be like something not so real, sorry to burst your bubble, but it might be Avengers, or it might be some like Justice League from the DC uh, comics, right, Like or DC movies. Who is a, a squad? that you want to be a part of maybe superheroes is it your favorite youtubers like they're they're just a group of youtubers that do videos together and you're like man I've always wanted to be a part of that uh is it a band like maybe your favorite band and you just you wish that you were the the guy or the girl playing guitar or whatever the instrument is you wish you could be a part of that is it a sports team Maybe your favorite football team, the National Football League, the first Sunday is today, and I'm super excited about it. Or is it a basketball team, or is it like a volleyball team, or whatever it might be? What, what is the squad that you wish you were a part of? Kind of get that in your mind. And then I want you to think this, why do you think you want to be a part of that group so bad? 
And maybe it is because, like, as you're thinking about that, maybe it is because of the things that they do, right? You're like, well, duh, I want to be a part of the Avengers because they have superpowers, right? And then I could have superpowers, and I could save the world. I could save people. That'd be really cool. Or maybe with the whole band thing, you want to be in the band because, man, playing shows in front of thousands of people, you've got fans, you get to travel the world. Like, man, that'd be a really cool thing to be a part of. Or maybe it's your favorite TV friends, right? You have maybe on Netflix or Disney Plus, you have a, or, or yeah, you, you have a show and it's a group of friends and, and you just wish you were a part of that because of the things that they experience together. Some of it can be experiences. Some of it can be, and, and definitely ha- that's a part of solid friendships, healthy community. But maybe if you start to dig down a little bit deeper, why do you want to be a part of these squads? Probably more than what they, they do together or experience together, uh, the, the bigger reason that we want to be like these squads or a part of these squads is because of what they have together, right? And you look at some of these groups, and th- their friendships are just deeper and more real and seem maybe more fun than the friendships that, that maybe you have, if we're being honest. For some reason, they're... Uh, th- these people can get, they can get a level deeper or a few levels deeper with their friends, and they actually listen to one another when they're talking to each other. They actually care for each other and serve each other and love each other, and that's, that's part of the reason that they're so tight. It's not just the things that they go through together and experience together, but, but out of those experiences, out of the things that they go through, there's been something that's happened in them, and now they have this relationship that you wish you had. Not all of us have relationships like that, but all of us have a deep desire and longing for relationships like that. See, from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, the very beginning of time, God designs us. He's put inside of us this desire and this this reality that life is not meant to be done alone. You and I are meant to have people, even if it's just one or two people, or maybe you're better with like 10 to 15 people around you who you can go deep with, who you can be real with, who will care for you and love you and pray for you and encourage you. And ultimately, when we talk about biblical community, these are people who are walking towards Jesus in a similar way that, that you are. So how do, we, how do we get there? That sounds really nice. That sounds really great. I want it, but we've already teased it. It's easier said than done. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that and starting in the book of Ephesians, all right? So we're going to be talking about that kind of community. Ephesians chapter 1. Here's what you need to know about Ephesians. Uh, A lot of the New Testament, in fact, most of the New Testament is, it's not just a a chapter, right? It's not just somebody sat down and they were like, hey, I'm going to write a chapter and it's going to be called the chapter of Ephesians, right? Uh, But a lot of the New Testament is actually letters. Maybe you didn't realize this, but it's letters. Sometimes it's a letter written from one person to another person, right? Like if I were to write a letter to JJ or write a letter to Kate, uh, it would be just a one uh, one person writing a letter to another person. Now, years later, millions, if not billions of people have read that letter, which is kind of maybe weird, creepy, but that's what God does. And But some of the letters are letters written from one person or a couple of people to a group of people. And a lot of times it was written to a church or a set of churches and specifically to Christians. And because this is the early church, it was written to new Christians. And as much as healthy community sounds like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's what we read about in the Bible. Like, those people had community down. They, they knew all the ins and outs of what it meant to love one another. They, they had perfect community, right? Not so much. 
A lot of times the letters that were written to the early church people were letters written. A lot of the letter was about, hey, here's where you're failing in community and loving other people and healthy, having healthy relationships and actually living out what God's called us to live. Here's where you're failing, but hey, there's good news. This is why Jesus came, and there's, there's a better way that he's called us to live. And so in Ephesians, some of that kind of language is used here. And so we're going to start out reading Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. This one was written by Paul, who was a guy who used to kill Christians. Something miraculous happened in his life. Jesus showed up in a crazy way. If you were at Epic, we talked about that. And now he, is, he was somebody that God used to start the early church. He was one of the, the main pieces of the early church and churches being planted. And really, you could, like, you could trace our kind of family tree of if you're a Christian in this room, somebody told you about Jesus, somebody told that person about Jesus, somebody told them, somebody told them, all the way back, possibly, likely, to the Apostle Paul, right? It's kind of crazy. It's pretty cool. So he's a part of our family tree. Let's see what Paul says Verse 1, chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So he's introducing himself right there. Two, here's who he's writing, here's who he's writing to, the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, right? So he just said, Paul's the one that wrote it. He lets us know in the first half of verse 1. Who's he writing to? The saints who are in Ephesus, right? So he's writing to the people in Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. And uh, kind of interesting here. We think that the Avengers, man, it'd be cool to be a part of the Avengers. Uh, Paul doesn't say, hey, to the Avengers in Ephesus, right? He says the saints, which is, that'd be a pretty cool thing to be called, right? Your squad. We're not talking about the football team here, okay? Maybe you are a Saints fan. But Paul calls these people the saints. We're going to see a little bit of why he does that in just a second. But here's what the, kind of the picture I want you to think about in your mind as we're reading this letter and a picture of maybe what it looked like for this letter to be read back in the day, one of the first few times. Remember, this is the early church. These are, are brand new Christians for the most part. They haven't been Christians for very long. And they would not have been sitting in the same way that we are today. Number one, there was like no social distancing, right? They, they weren't so concerned about that. It's 2020 is a different year. Uh, we'll, hopefully we'll get there soon where we don't have to be so concerned about COVID and all that stuff. Um, but so they, they also would not have been in a room like this, like or even a building like this. I mean, this was so early in church history that they, they really didn't have church buildings. And so they probably would have been reading this letter or one person reading it to everybody else while they're like sitting in somebody's living room. It's kind of fun, right? I wish I was in somebody's living room. You know, the fire's going and, you know, you can see the camel outside because this is, you know, Jerusalem or whatever. Or it's, it's in Ephesus, it's ancient uh, Middle East. So these people, they're, they're not in a church building. They're huddled together. You know, I mean, that's in some ways what I think of when I think of of community is being at somebody's house together, being in this thing together. Maybe they were chewing on some ancient Middle Eastern Cheetos or something like that, right? And they're all, one person is reading this letter to the group. And so maybe that picture is just funny, silly, but helps you kind of think about, okay, so these people, they were not in a church, but they, they still were the church because it's, it's, not, it's not really about a church building, right? Jesus didn't come so that we would big, big, build big buildings and gather together and worship him. I mean, in the end, that's part of what happened. And I think he maybe had that somewhere in mind. But Jesus came for us as his people. That whether his people were gathered together in a building or they were in schools or they were uh, in their neighborhoods, wherever they were, that they would still be his people. That they would still be, as Paul calls, 
his saints, right? So why does Paul do this? How can he call us the saints uh, who are faithful in Christ Jesus? Let's keep reading and kind of find out why. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Now, if we had all the time in the world, we could dig really deep into this. Ephesians is one of the richest books in the Bible. I love it. It's one of my favorite books. Uh, but here's, here's why Paul is able to call these people saints. Because saint is not a word that you just throw out to, to your friends, right? Like, oh, man, you're such a saint, right? I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you should do that, and now it'll be kind of fun funny. But... The reason Paul can call these people saints is not because they are the best people in the world, not because they, they ha have done like the most serving of anybody in the area, but the reason Paul can call them saints and the reason he could call some of us in this room saints is because they have put their faith and trust in Jesus. And in a moment, when they did that, the Holy Spirit, we're going to read about this in just a little bit. The Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell within them. And God takes these people who were far from him and makes them. What did Paul say? He said they're holy, they're blameless because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. They're holy and blameless, and they are now, you, you want to talk about wanting to be a part of a group, wanting to be a part of a squad, wanting to be a part of community, once you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are now a part of the family of God. Paul says here, the language he uses is that we were adopted as sons or adopted as daughters. And you have now been brought into the family of God. Some of us have been searching for a long time. We've tried a lot of different groups of people. We've tried a lot of different areas and we're trying to find the place where we belong. Here's the place where you belong no matter how much money you have, no matter your, your background, no matter who your, who your parents are, no matter what you're good at or not good at. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The place where all are welcomed and all belong is in the family of God. And if you put your faith and trust in him, you are automatically, immediately a part of that family. So if you're looking for your place, if you're looking for your people, that's where, that's where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find belonging. That's where you're going to find family. That's where you're going to find community. Maybe you're going to find your, your squad, right? Is being a part of the family of God. Paul kind of dives a little bit deeper, and he tells us how this happens. Let's read verses 11 through 14. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Again, we don't have all the time to dig into this. I know that this is like a meaty passage. But here's the deal. When you become a part of God's family, when you put your faith and your trust in him, you, you, you reap the same rewards as Jesus. Jesus is your brother. You, you have an inheritance with him. You are sons and daughters of the most high God. 
So maybe there's somebody in this room where you've been coming to church all your life, and over the last few weeks, part of what we've been talking about, about is that some of you have kind of been riding the faith of your parents, right? Maybe that sounds weird. But the biggest reason that you come to church is, well, that's because what we've always, that's what we've always done. That's what my parents do. That's, I mean, my parents, that's who they are. They're, they're Christians, and so aren't we, aren't we too? But maybe there's never been a moment for you where you surrendered, where you laid down your life, where you came to the end of yourself and you realized, no, Jesus really is the only way. But possibly God's been kind of tugging at your heart. Maybe it was happening on Epic. Maybe it was happening while you were back here at home and you're like, man, I wish we were together on a Sunday morning. If God's been knocking at the door of your heart, if he's been tugging, if he's been calling you, maybe today is the day that you would surrender. And in a moment, you go from being outside of the family of God, being somebody who's far from him, to having the same inheritance that Jesus does. That's insane. But that's what happens when you become a part of the family of God. So then what? Once we become a part of his family, does that mean like, okay, yeah, so then one day, once we die, then we can like go and we can be face to face with him? Yes. But in the meantime, there's a calling that God's put on our life. There's there's things that he's asked us to do. There's a mission that he's asked us to be a part of. And part of that call, part of that task is to live in healthy community together or at least to go after it, right? So let's see how Paul is treating the Ephesians in the rest of this chapter. And then we're going to see what we can take away from there, right? Verse 15, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So he's giving thanks for the people. He's, he's praying for the people. Do you have anybody who's doing that for you, who is legitimately thankful for you, who is going to God and lifting you up in prayer? And on the flip side, are you doing that for others? Here's kind of what we're getting at with these last few verses is that if we are the family of God, then here's the task that he's called us to, is to actually live like we are the family of God, right? You guys know, you guys know that family is hard. Family is messy. Some of you this morning were arguing, right? Knock down, drag out maybe with your brother or sister this morning before you came to church. Some of you, I know for sure, were arguing, upset, or annoying towards your parents, Right? Your parents were like, you just wait till we get home, right? Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. Family is messy. You love one another. You would do anything for one another. You would take a bullet for one another, but it can be incredibly messy, incredibly difficult. Paul is writing to people who experience that same messiness. But the call in the midst of all the mess is to at least strive towards Christ-like community with each other. And part of that, we just read in the first couple of verses, of this last bit is, is to pray for one another, to lift each other up, to go to God on behalf of one another. Verse 17, that God, this is what he's praying, that God, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and of knowledge in him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Here's what Paul is doing right here. He's encouraging these people. He's, he's praying that this would happen, that they would grow in their relationship with God. 
Who, who in your life, when you think about your closest friends, who in your life is asking, is praying, is encouraging, is pushing you towards growing in your knowledge of who God is? Who is reminding you when times get really tough that God's still in control? And who's there right beside you in, in the victorious times, in the, in the celebratory times, saying, man, I can't believe that God has been so good to you. Do you have anybody in your life that is, is riding with you like that? And on the flip side, are, are you doing that for others? If you are a part of the family of God, this is part of what it means to act like, live like we are family. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here's his last, Paul's last bit in these verses, is that we would be unified. That we would know that we are a part of one body, one family, that it's all because of Jesus, and that no matter all the things that could divide us, man, like we're in one of the most divisive times that I can remember, right? There's political divides, there's racial divides, maybe even within this room there's like rival schools, right? Uh, there's people who are on both sides of like, you need to wear a mask all the time, you need to, you know, do all these things, and there's other people who are like, meh, who cares, right? Like there's so many things in this world that can divide us. But if we are the family of God, and if you put your faith and trust in him, then you are a part of it, then what, part of what it means to live like the family of God is that no matter all the things that could divide us, that when it comes down to it, we would be united in Jesus. Imagine if that was happening with your friends right now, with your family friends right now, right? Maybe there's other families that your family hasn't talked with right now much because of the divisiveness of our time. They're forgetting that if we are brothers and sisters in Christ, then we are united around the most important thing, period. So, if you are someone who has already put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're a part of the family of God, here's the call, here's the task, here's the takeaway. Would you and I start to live and act and speak and interact with other people in a way that looks like family? It might happen in your small groups, right? Like maybe for the first time, maybe you went all last year and you weren't thinking about any of this. You were just like, I can't wait to get out of this thing so that I can go to eat lunch, right? Like maybe for the first time this morning, would you consider what does it look like to love the person across from me and beside me, even though they're like a couple paces away from me in social distancing? But what, like what, did, what would it look like to actually love them, to listen to the things that they shared, to the questions that they ask? To pay attention when today, for a lot of us, we're going to be new with each other, right? There's new people added to your group. Maybe you have new leaders or maybe you're a sixth grader and this is your first time doing any of it. But would you consider like actually paying attention to the person who's, who's speaking, who's telling you, this is where I go to school and this is what I like and this is the sport that I play? Would you be respectful to your leaders? That's a way to say, hey, if, if, if kind of weird, but this 40-year-old mom is actually my sister in Christ and, or, or this, you know, this 20-something-year-old guy is actually my, my big brother in Christ, then what does it look like for me to love them well and act like family? If you are not a part of the family of God, remember what we talked about a few minutes ago. If God's tugging, if he's knocking, why not answer? Why not ask? Why not say, God, if you are real, then show me. 
reveal yourself to me. And if God right now is like the last thing on your mind, but he's kind of in the forefront because you're here at church and you're at all curious, maybe you would ask the same thing. God, if you're real, I, I, I don't know about you, but I do want, I want people around me who are going to love me well. I want people around me who actually care about me. I'm tired of having fake friendships, fake relationships, or I'm tired of not having anybody at all. Would you open my eyes? Just, just ask him. I know you may not necessarily believe that he's there, but I believe that he wants to meet you right where you're at with all your doubts, with all your, all your questions, with all your hesitancies. And so would you consider inviting him in? In a minute, we get to practice exactly what we talked about here in small groups. Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to send you guys one group at a time. It's going to come up on the screen, your list of names, your list of leaders. We're going to go one group at a time and try to practice a little bit for like 20-ish minutes what it means to be a family, all right, the family of God. Let me pray. God, thank you for example after example of, uh, in the Bible, how not to do family, how not to look like uh, family, but also on the flip side, we see in the life of Paul, we see in the life of Jesus, especially extremely clearly what it means to love each other as if we really were brother and sister, because, because we are. You've adopted us as sons, as daughters, we are your people, your, your saints, your children. So God, help us in one way or another to live a little bit more like that this week. And we pray that maybe it would even start this morning. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.